Hey everyone and welcome to the first ever episode here of Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dan Colley, here from Columbus, Ohio. And thanks to the modern uh, marvel that is the internet, all the way from Virginia, our other host, Charlie Chase. Charlie, what is up today? What's going on, fellas? It's a nice snowy day here in Virginia in January. So I'm kind of <laughs> kind of toasty in my office right now. I'm digging it. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome here. Uh, the way we got everything set up here, uh, with us being distanced the way we are, we got ourselves on our phones here talking to each other. We can see each other. I can see out Charlie's window in his office shop. I can see snow on the ground, and he said that I had to look out my window and went, oh, no snow. I'm a happy camper here in Columbus. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good day to be outside. So we figured, what the heck? Let's just go ahead and record this first ever episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies. Um, That's right. The, uh, the the first episode, hey, everyone, look, we know this one's not going to be probably the, the Grand Slam home run of podcasts that we're going to do, but that's all right. Everyone's got to start somewhere, and this is what we're doing today, starting here. We just got um, to get the first couple out of the gate. We just got to shake off the jitters, shake off the dust and the, the rust, and see how this thing plays out. But uh, super excited today. Super excited. This is a this has been a long time in the making, hasn't it? Yeah, we've been. We well, let's see. We we a little bit of background with the the podcast and stuff. We started talking about doing a podcast of some type a couple of years ago. Uh, Charlie, you started the Facebook group uh, months ago. I, I started it probably year and a half. three uh, three months into twenty twenty. It was okay, uh, so it's been around right for, around the lockdown. Right around the lockdown. Okay, so you started that then, um, and as we were uh, working on that and kind of getting that going, that's when we kind of was like, hey, here's finally uh, maybe some content that we can start um, putting into a a podcast format. Yeah, we actually had a vehicle now. You know, we had a vehicle to put out some content that we, we knew enough about. We had a bit of a fan base. Hopefully it grows after this. Um. But it was or just, decreases depending on how bad. Either, either way, either way. <laughs> but uh, no, it just it just one day decided I wanted to see who else liked action movies as much as I do, and just kind of put it out. No there. one, no one likes that. No, we, we've got we're up to 170 <laughs> members, so that's that's not no one. You know, that's that's significant so, in our little circle. Okay, so another a little bit more background here too. Charlie loves the VHS era action movies. He loves those, the, the die hard, the raw deals. Um, and, and some of, sometimes the worse, the better. Oh, you know, absolutely. The ones that are just so bad. We've got one that's both near and dear to both of us that we, we watched together for the first time. We're going to get to that one a lot later. So that's, Oh yeah. Just wait, just, just wait for that one folks. Um, but essentially we're going to be talking about some of the movies that we grew up watching, uh, when we were younger. Obviously, some of this stuff is, is a little dated. Some of the stuff here, uh, as we talk about it, may seem like it's uh, a foregone, uh, a bygone era. Right? There you go. The bar- but, a bygone but, era that's long, long forgotten. But honestly, some of the things in these movies come back to nowadays movies as well. So that's something else we're going to talk about. We're going to try to tie in some of these VHS era action flicks that we love so much and go, hey, here's maybe a modern twist on this, or here's something that from the more recent times, maybe something that actually 
kind of gives you that same feel. Yeah, one of the misconceptions people have with the the group Give Me Back My Action Movies is, oh, it's just going to be about those Arnold Schwarzenegger, Chuck Norris, 80s and 90s action movies, and, you know, we're not going to care about the new movies. No, we care about the good movies. It's called Give Me Back My Action Movies because I want that feeling again. I want those movies that I grew up with that I can put in a DVD player and my son will sit there and watch going, this is, this is awesome, dad. He's used to the Marvel movies, the new star Wars is, you know, those are what he knows as action movies. And then he starts watching what I grew up with. And it's like, his mind is blown. So I want to, I want to bring light to ones that are still doing it today There are still action movies being made out there that are along the same vein, but they're not mainstream anymore. They're not blockbusters anymore. Um, And, you know, just just reminding people that these gems are out there and, you know, we just want to talk about them. Bring them back into the spotlight for a little while, even if it's, you know, just 45 minutes or 50 minutes of us yammering about them for a while. Yeah, exactly. And I I would say, like, when you say those movies – aren't blockbusters are not mainstreams anymore you you know they are um i the last ones that come to my mind are like the bad boys franchise those were those were huge when they came out a lot of hype a lot of pop and circumstance with those um and they were really good movies i haven't seen the last one yet i actually started to watch me and the wife want to watch it because i I need to see that one still but uh, to me that's when i think of those that's what i think of almost uh, the car chases, the explosions, the gunplay, the one-liners, the comedy, thats the humor that's in those, that to me feels like almost, uh, I mean, it's definitely a modern-day version, but almost something like a Lethal Weapon-ish, where you've got the two partners together, they're kind of back and forth, but you know they've really got each other kind of thing. Car chases, it's the, gunplay. It's the buddy cop trope, yeah. you know, yeah. stuff that we, we, again, we grew up with the first Lethal Weapons, which was in the 80s. You know, we grew up with the tango and caches and you know beverly hills cop so those carried through but there's also a line of movies that are being released almost monthly on places like you know netflix and hulu where you have act fantastic action heroes now guys like scott atkins uh michael jai white um tony ja these guys are pumping out action movies and you got to hunt for them now. You know, the, there'll be like, there's a movie on Netflix today. And it's like, Michael Jai White just redid Sudden Death. Uh, I think it's called Welcome to Sudden Death. And it's a slight changeover, but it's it's Van Damme's Sudden Death. You know, the hockey, where he goes, takes his kids to the hockey game. Um, I haven't watched that one yet either. But, you know, those are the kind of things that they're being pushed down. They're being suppressed. They're not getting theatrical. Well, nothing's getting theatrical releases now. But, you know, two years ago, these movies weren't getting theatrically released either. Um, and it's just just wanted to bring the light out about these movies. And, you know, there's there's quite a big fan base still. It's it's just not, you know, theatrically popular, I guess, or, you know, financially well, doable. And I think that's the thing, too. Uh, the finances aren't there anymore. I, it's not that the I don't know if the mainstream audiences would go see like, okay, so Rambo, the last Rambo movie was theatrically released. I don't think it did that well, monetarily speaking. Um, no. So, no. so, so that's what I'm wondering. Like 
is that even today's culture? Would they even go see these action movies? And of course, we're both not, you know, college professors when it comes to breaking. We don't know statistics. We, we don't follow that we, stuff. We, we're but, we're kind uh, of going off on a tangent a little bit here, but just kind of give an idea that we're, we're not just here to talk about the old movies and, you know, reminisce about them and not show light to what the new movies are doing, you know, but not all the new movies are going to be John Wick. You know, not all no. the new movies are going to be, and we're we're purposely not going to compare these things to the Expendable trilogy, because those movies were designed especially for us. Those were our heroes wanting to make movies they used to make back in the day. So, to compare anything to that is silly because that's exactly what they were designed to be. Yeah, obviously, we're going to say Expendables. Well, yeah, the Expendables was just a modern take on those movies. There's nothing. Uh, real different about that. Now, the thing that I'm really curious about is this whole thing that came out recently that Netflix is going to release an, a movie every week, a Netflix movie every week this year. And you've got some big names attached to those, like Dwayne Johnson and, the, and, oh, yeah. and people like that. And we know Dwayne's done action before anyway. So I want to see what's going to come out of that. We had things like Bloodshot that came out with Vin Diesel. We had, uh, what's the one uh, with Hemsworth? Uh, that everyone Extraction. About? extraction so we, we're getting these action movies coming out but they're going to come out netflix they're going to come out hulu and i'm wondering now if is is that going to be the main vehicle for these films to come out now is that where they're is that where they're real bread and butter are? that's going to be where the, the smart the smart money is uh ryan reynolds has his own production company now and mm-hmm. even he released a uh a movie direct to netflix probably i want to say maybe a year ago i don't remember mm-hmm. the name of it, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, it was a Netflix movie. You could tell it didn't have the budget behind it, but it was still a good movie. But well, and with with modern filmmaking techniques, you almost don't need the huge budget budget nowadays to have decent movies either. No, you're 100 percent right. The the technology has changed now that guys are out there filming better quality with an iPhone than what you had with you know huge budget movies back in the 80s and 90s. So. Sure, exactly. uh, it's just the changing of the times but you know we're a bunch of we're two old fogies stuck in the 80s and 90s and those are the movies we want to talk about well speaking of 80s and 90s movies and let's get right into today's episode the the we talked about this and again this is an extension of charlie and i's conversations we'd have throughout the days and things of different movies and we started talking about this and we're like what's the first one we're going to we're going to kick off with and we both thought about it we both decided the first movie that, um, I don't know if it's the first movie that I saw necessarily in this genre, but the first movie that really um, I remember and really stuck with me, it's the first one, one of the first ones you ever saw. That you, it is. You know, it, it was one of the first ones that dad felt comfortable letting me watch because it wasn't a blood and guts. It wasn't a ton of language. It wasn't a ton of nudity. Um, and again, like you said, it's a movie that just struck a nerve with me, has stuck with me forever and uh the other small thing about why we decided to do this one it was also the first movie that showed an inkling in my son he's uh 14 now but at the time he was 13 and i had this movie playing in the shop in my wood shop and he come out just to see what i'm doing and hanging out and it's getting to the climax of the movie and i turn around and he's glued to the television you couldn't move him with an earthquake and I was just like, wow, I, 
think it's time to introduce him to some of these movies. Like, you know, it's about the age my dad did. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll quit hiding the name of the movie. And a lot of guys already know that we've talked to today. We're going to talk about Delta force. Exactly. Delta force. Yeah, man. What a, I mean, it was, it was a great flick. I mean, I, I, one that I really enjoyed, uh, we've watched it again recently to get prepared for today's episode. I still think it's as good as it was when I watched it, at least, you know, in my heart. And that's one thing I want to, I want to do with these movies is, is it all nostalgia? Is it all, uh, crystal clear Pepsi rimmed glasses? Is it all, uh, you know, seeing these and having that young version of me being a fan of them? Or is it something I still enjoy? Delta Force is one I still enjoy. Oh yeah. I've, I've actually had it on in the shop for the past two days on repeat. Just because, yeah, you know, it's snowing, it's cold outside. I've been in the shop. I'm like, I'm just going to throw it on Delta Force. We're going to talk about it. I, it's countless how many times I've seen this movie. I can't, I, it's literally, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen it. And I love it every, every time. And every time. every time, there's nothing about this movie that's not exciting. It still doesn't, you know, it still gets my adrenaline pumping towards the end. Uh, you know, you know the lines by heart, but when they pop on, you're just, you know, you're you're giddy. You're wanting to jump out out of your seat. Or if I'm if I'm doing something in the shop, I can I know what's happening and I hear it, and I'll go, oh wait, my favorite part's coming on, and I'll turn around and I'll sit there and I'll watch it because I like, oh, that's awesome, and then go back to doing what I was doing, you know, originally. Delta Force is a two hour five minute just fun. You know, the term popcorn movies brought up. It's a popcorn movie. You sit there. You you just watch it. You enjoy the ride as you go along. I mean, for 19, a 1986 film, of course, one of the canon films, uh, which we're going to talk about quite a bit of those. A, a canon uh, is going to be a mainstay. Podcast. They're going to be a mainstay in this uh, in this podcast. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It will. Um, so Delta Force, you know, and, and we're of course, everyone knows Chuck Norris is in it. Lee Marvin's in it. Um, we're talking about some of the other cast members that's in this movie. But uh, Charlie and I were talking, we were talking yesterday about this, uh, as a matter of fact, and we were talking about actually some of the, some of the acting in it is really good. Yeah. And the, the, the two people we thought we, we pulled out right away was um, George Kennedy, the guy who played Father O'Malley. And of course, this podcast, by the way, I'll just tell you now, spoiler alerts. If you haven't seen Delta Force, I don't know if you're into the, I don't know if you turned into the right podcast. Or not, but, <laughs> exactly. Um, i'll just tell you now but the the one scene with father o'malley at the end uh when the the member dies the member of delta force dies and his hand shaking over the over the body essentially you know to me that that seemed legit that seemed like a real moment yeah in that movie that's that seems like what you would fully expect to be happening had that happen in real life the emotion that's given you know it, it it just kind of it kind of struck me, you know. Again, I've watched this movie so many times, but when I actually sit and watch it, I feel like I see new stuff every time I watch it. You know, I'll, I'll be like, "Oh, I, I totally for either I forgot that they did that, or it's like I, I never realized uh, that was it." And uh, it it's still it's still relevant to watch today. You know, stuff like that has happened that the movie's based off of. So it even strikes a little bit of a nerve nowadays. Um, but yeah, it, uh, so George Kennedy was father O'Malley. His acting was superb. And then you had, um, I'm going to butcher her name, 
but oh yeah, we well, get the you get the first part right. The first uh, part well, should be it's Hana, um, mm-hmm. and I want to say it's Shagulia, Shagulia, something like that. But anyway, she plays she plays the flight attendant, uh, Ingrid, who is of German descent, and the emotion she puts into this movie and the empathy you feel for her because they make her isolate out the Jewish sounding names and she actually refuses and explains why she has to refuse. We, we won't go into that. You know, watch the movie. You'll see that scene. Um, just a right. phenomenal and, and, actress. Yeah. And for those of you, like I said, that haven't really seen it, the, the, the plane, there's a plane that gets hijacked uh, by terrorists from Beirut. They find that there are quote unquote Israelis on the plane. Yeah. The ones with the Jewish names, they want them separated because of the 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 tension in the region. We'll say tension. right. Yeah. So that's why, and then they because she's the head flight attendant. They she kind of takes charge of the whole situation as far as the, the the flight crew goes, and that's when they make her do it. And she just has such a hard time because of um, you know, because because of the history of the Jewish people. And the you know, German history, the Nazi occupied German history and stuff. And there's even a scene in the movie where one of the actors, um, he 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 raises his hand. Martin uh, Balsam plays a, a gentleman named Ben Kaplan. He raises his hand to give him his passport, and you can see that he had been marked. He he had been a survivor of that time. So you know they really they kind of played that part up. They didn't play it up over the whole stretch of the movie, which was nice. But during its slice of the film itself, they played it up to what, like, oh, 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 okay, this is legit. This is, they're making them select. And one of the people being selected had have gone through something like this in the past. Yeah. And there was a lot to that. This, There's this, a lot to that. This, this one is also surprising to be coming from a production company like Canon. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of heart in this movie. And a lot of guys, you know, are going to be like, well, I watched the movies in the eighties. Why are you guys needling in on those couple of scenes? That's, these weren't just a couple of scenes though. They really set, set up the movie with these people being held hostage that the action is a, is an afterthought for a lot of the movie to like the last part. Um, Yeah, it gave you empathy of the people. Yeah, so you see a little bit of Delta Force getting formed, you know, to go out on a mission. Chuck Norris gets brought out of retirement because he was uh, involved in a botched kind of mission in Vietnam, and he retires. He goes to Texas, and you know, and they they still kind of play it up, you know, where they're talking, they're getting ready to go on the mission, and they're like, "Well, should we should should we wait on?" Uh, Scott, and he's like, "Well, no, he retired off to that horse ranch in Texas. You know, let's not worry about him." And in in the back of everyone's mind, they're all sitting there waiting on him. They're literally holding up the plane. The generals are getting mad because Lee Marvin's like, "Oh, well, we'll wait five more minutes. We'll give him. We'll give him a few more minutes." And, right. And, and honestly, too, that movie, the the part. Okay, so the part where where Chuck Norris is in that botched sec- section was actually supposed to be a little play on an actual event that occurred in the 80s when we had a lot of the terrorist hijackings and things that occurred uh, in that time frame 
and um, Delta Force were were actually sent out on these missions. Delta Force was a legit anti-terrorist arm of the military, um, special forces military. And, you know, so it was it was based on that as well. So it really it wasn't superheroes. It wasn't, you know, I love superhero movies on your own, but like these people weren't superhuman. They were just highly trained soldiers. They were soldiers. The uh, to play on what you were just talking about. The first iteration of this movie was supposed to be based on an actual um, mission. Uh, I don't. I forget the the man's the, the gentleman's name. I, that uh, I believe it was supposed to be the mission to uh, was it uh, Egypt or Greece? They had Air Force personnel. Yeah, it was um, it was along there. But anyway, the the whole thing was Delta Force lost. They didn't win. You know, they didn't achieve their mission. And Canon didn't want to write that movie. Canon didn't want to film that movie. So the the guy that was the original, like you know, um, I forget what you would call him, the you know the guy that really went through it left. He left the project. He's like, you know, if you're not going to tell the story right, so Canon still knew they had to do a movie where the good guys win, the bad guys die. They had a formula to follow, but in this movie you don't get your quintessential action hero. Yes, it's Chuck Norris, but even this, as far as the movies we grew up with, with Chuck Norris, there isn't this long drawn out, uh, fight at the end. You know, he literally just kind of goes in, kicks the guy's ass and, and rolls out like an 80s rolls, action rolls movie. Out yeah. and kills him in the, you know, most glor- glorified way he could. Um, but uh, yeah, this wasn't like you know. Let's show Chuck. Actually, you don't even see Chuck Norris's muscles except in the first clip because he's wearing a sleeveless shirt from Vietnam. Yeah. He's in full, uh, you know, black flight suit, if you want to call it, outfit. Their BDU, yeah, like their BDU yeah. tactical gear. Yeah. Um, so so uh, there was none of what that. You're saying, uh, Go ahead. No, I was just saying what you were saying. Uh, it was a uh, commanding officer, Colonel Charles Beckwith. And it was actually uh, Operation Eagle Claw. So yeah, go. like you said, it, it was a failed attempt in 1979 um, to free hostages in Iran, and because they didn't want to do it, the Colonel Beckwith he, he walked off. Yeah. He took off on the whole thing. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, like you said, there was some there was some legitimacy to this movie. Now there's also a, a ton of cheese in this movie. Oh, <laughs> there is a there is enough cheese for a cheese plate in this movie, sir. Um, well, uh, you know. I never understood. They're supposed to be an anti-terrorist. They're supposed to be a military. They all carried Mac Ten Uzis. Well, the they, Delta Force carried Uzis in the eighties, but yeah, it, it was they were like, machine gun rifles, assault rifles. It's like, come on, you, they didn't have M sixteens or I'm not sure when MP fives came out or anything like that. But it's like they all just had Uzis, and it's like that's not the most accurate firearm. <laughs> Everybody had an Uzi. Everybody wore the uh, the white ribbon rope looking thing that wasn't enough there to be a rope to ever be usable yet they had rope <laughs> they drop rope out of the yeah. airplane they drop rope everywhere and everyone's wearing it um there's there's well, that that leads into this one thing that when i watched it yesterday I, I either have mentally blocked this forever or i just realized it and they are infiltrating one of the prisons where the hostages are being held and they take a, you know, boat, you know, one of the air, you know, air inflatable boats and they're all wearing bright yellow scuba tanks 
but they're dressed in black and they're in the middle of the water. And, you know, they're, these guys are shining a spotlight across the water, seeing if anyone's attacking. Well, the spotlight comes across these guys and they all duck. And all it is, is just these yellow scuba tanks bobbing in the water. And it's like, that is not tactical. That is not even remotely inconspicuous, but you know, that's what they did. And not, Two scenes later, they're under the sewer where they're going to, you know, pop up to save these people. And they're clinking and clanging around with these scuba tanks on their backs, trying to be quiet. They're being stealthy, but clank, clank, clank. And it's in the movie. You hear it in the soundtrack. Click, clank, clank, click, clank. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I know. I remember seeing that going, oh, that's, that's kind of dumb. And then it, it makes me, the one scene I was thinking of, we were talking about this, is so Delta Force their main means of transportation are motorcycles and, and dune buggies. Oh yeah. And these, these dune buggies on the back, most of them had some type of a rocket launcher type of device. Yeah. And there's one scene where they show the rocket launcher in there and, and dark in silhouette. And it looks like it's just an empty tube. Yeah. You can see right through it. You can see right down. I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, Okay, so I'm no rocket scientist, obviously, but you can't put a rocket in that. It has nowhere to, re- you know, for the thrust of that. It's just, it's it's an empty tube, it's a, and it's a piece of PVC. <laughs> it's a PVC. Now the whole movie was filmed in Israel, and I'm sure that there's not film production companies that's going to be like, oh, no problem, we can get you rocket launchers on these on these dune buggies to drive around. It's no problem. Yeah. So I'm sure there's things like that in there, but again, with when it comes to '80s cheese films. That is the least uh, amount of cheese, probably, that a lot of these films are going to have in it. Oh, yeah. With Delta Force. Oh, yeah. Delta Force. And, of course, they had to have the Chuck Norris karate scene, uh, the the martial arts scene in it. Yeah, and it Um, really feels like they they had to really wedge that into this movie. They they were like, okay, Chuck, it's in his contract. Chuck has to kick someone several times <laughs> yeah. so they're like where he doesn't really kick anybody else in like the assaults he ends no. up one-on-one kicking this guy he, you know he fights a no-name terrorist for five minutes earlier in the movie and you're like well, it's really taking him a long time to fight this no-name guy and then they have to figure out how to get him and the main bad guy alone in a room okay now you guys get to fight and it's a, it's the most one-sided fight I think I've ever seen in an action movie. And, and B, just the setting of this fight is just so... It's There's no words to describe it. it it's, I almost don't want to sub- describe it because I want people to go see this and watch that scene of him in what, I, what you would call the final fight. I know the big final fight scene. Yeah, the, the big final fight. It's like, yeah, Chuck. Chuck's got to kick somebody, and Chuck doesn't get hit. Chuck doesn't get bloodied. Chuck doesn't get damaged. It, he, they do stick with that trope of there is no middle ground with some action movies. Either the main guy gets his ass kicked for ten minutes and then gets this burst of energy, or he stomps this other guy without ever taking a scratch or a hit you know we'll call it the steven seagal fight you know yeah and you know you're talking about chuck norris kicking this this guy's ass and and the thing about this this movie had steve james in it 
And Steve James, of course, played Bobby in the movie. But a lot of people that uh, watch these types of films knew Steve James from the American Ninja uh, franchise. And Steve James really was a, a kind of a bad man. He could fight. So I, I'm, I'm wondering if Steve James is watching this fight. What the? Why in the hell are I? I can kick this. What the? You know, I'd like to have been. I'd like to have been on set with him watching this fight scene. Going, well, I know he's Chuck Norris and all, but really, he gets this fight. Scene. I don't get a fight scene at all. You know, which is funny to me because if you watch American Ninja, he fights better than Dudikoff fights. I think <laughs> he's supposed to be he, the ninja. He holds but... his own in those movies. I mean, he really does. But yeah, he's he's just another uh, Delta Force guy in this one. He's his friend. And, you know, you oh, can yeah. tell there's a history between the two because you had Bobby, which was his friend. And then you had Pete, which is like the young protege to Chuck Norris that uh, that he's, you know, teaching and following up on through there. So, you know, you had a you had your named characters and then you had your Delta Force, which that kind of brings us up to the, another thing I made a note of. And I've always wondered, there's a scene in the movie where they're. They're going over their next plan of mission, and they're all out, you know, on guard. All the Delta Force are surrounding this one little vehicle, and uh, it's Lee Marvin's talking, and there's this one Delta Force kid. And I say kid because he looks young as all get out. And he's holding this, you know, this Uzi directly, you know, forward of him. And he, you can tell he's just looking past the camera. So he's not quite into the camera, but he, they're they're on his face. And I'm like, I swear this guy's familiar. This guy's familiar. And I've, I had to look it up. And it is an uncredited Kevin Dillon. And Kevin Dillon's is uh, Matt Dillon's younger brother. Kevin's been in a handful of movies. I remember him most from uh, No Escape with Ray, Ray Liotta on the prison island. He's kind of like the the scrappy kid that tag, you know, follows him along and tries to get, you know, help out. And uh, I'm just like, that's Kevin Dillon. And he just is like stone, you know, like stone face, scared to death. Cause I bet this is his first thing he's ever done. And he's just. The hundreds of I've seen this movie and I've looked at that scene and went, that's so awkward. This guy's an idiot. Who, who is it? It's weird when you watch it, you're like, this kid, he looks terrified. He doesn't move. I don't even think he blinks. I don't think he blinks. And we were talking about this yesterday, and you brought up, and I didn't even scroll all the way down, that uh, McKelty, I'm going to mess up his name too, but McKelty Williamson. And I'm like, I don't know that name. You pull up the picture, it's Bubba from Forrest Gump, the other half of Bubba Gump Shrimp, and he is an uncredited Delta Force member, and it's like really quick passings that you even see or can realize who he is in the movie. Um, but it's like, wow, there's, there's actually a handful of people that are in here that weren't stars to begin with. You know, Cannon probably got them for a meal and a hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just fun little things like that. And again, you know, I can watch this movie a hundred times. And I'll find something new. I like about it every time. And then, you know, it. speaking of cast, then you, you do have cast members in it that, um, were kind of a big deal. I mean, of course, Lee Marvin, this being his, this was Lee Marvin's last film. Uh, he was, yep. he was, he was actually sick. And that's why if you watch it, he doesn't do a lot of, he doesn't do a whole lot in the movie. There's, there's a few scenes that he's, he gets to be Lee Marvin. Um, the thing I always joke about is his eyebrows are off the, off the hook on this movie. They're going all over the place. Oh yeah. But, oh, yeah. uh, 
He's got the old man brow really in this does. movie. Bad. He's old at this one. Uh, you got Joey Bishop's in this movie. You've got we saw we already talked about George Kennedy. Uh, know him from a, a bunch of other things. I believe the Police Squad movies, a lot of those uh, Naked Gun movies. I believe he was in. Yep. Um, you have uh, Robert Vaughn, who was in um, Superman. Christopher Reeves is a Superman. He was uh, the general in the A Team. Um, and um, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Shelly Winters. Shelly Winters was in this. Shelly Winters. She is the other Jewish wife um, that uh, kind of has a lot of screen time. And now, now you understand who she is. You know now why she got so many lines and so much screen time. Because, you know, Shelly Winters has a catalog of movies way before our times. Um, she's, a, you know, she was a, she was a well-known actress to be, you know, tossed into a canon film at the time. But yeah, it, really a star-filled cast. I think that's what helps this movie so much is there's a lot of a lot of talent and a lot of people that have been in this industry for so long. They know what they're doing. Um and, and they show it. They they bring it to the table in this movie. And you you don't expect it. You expect action movie Delta Force, Chuck Norris, you know, saving the day. This is a very personable kind of movie to watch. You care about the characters. You care about the storyline. Um, it's just been one of my favorites. It, it always has been one of yeah, my favorites. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Also, if you if you get a chance, look up the music, the Delta Force theme song in it. It's one it's, it's it has stuck in my head ever since. I listen to it about once a week or so. It just I, it kind of inspirational. I don't know. I just I really dig the song. The 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 movie. Yeah, it's the it's, only yeah, song. It's, that <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, you're getting it if you watch the fight scene. So you know, I guess the end of the movie itself too. Again, spoiler alert. If you don't know, I turn this off. You're you're in the wrong place. But at the end of the movie, <laughs> one of the things that always really kind of got to me and stood out to me was. Um, Delta Force, of course, loses a member of their team. Um, they yep. they bring the flight back. I can't remember where they brought it back to. What what base? Um, they leave. They they're some base in the Middle East. They were in they were in Beirut. They were in was it Beirut? It was Beirut. They left and and they go. I mean, most of the times when you see those movies, they end up in at Rammstein Air Base in Germany, but I don't think that's the case. It might have been might have Greece. Been. They might have been going back been. to Greece. So they end up at a, at a friendly base. The uh, the yes. flight crew, uh, stewardesses, uh, uh, flight attendants uh, with Ingrid and their crew were there. The family that yep. were able to get off the plane at one time, they're there waiting for their, their, their friends and family members or loved ones to come back. So the plane lands. They get there. Um the the families everything comes off the the nose of the plane everyone's saluting you know happy to see him they're hugging him the band's playing everything else Delta Force comes out the back of the plane and just silently walks them and they're they're dead now over to their C one thirty and there's a, there's another big C, there's a, a little moment there at the end between Chuck Norris and Lee Marvin too where where Chuck Norris just kind of shakes his head. He's like, "Hey, you know, we did the, we did our job. These people, loved ones, get to come home and stuff." He, but he just shakes his head. You can see he's very despondent about um, the military in general, and he just kind of shakes his head or whatever. 
yeah and lee marvin they you know they have a moment there and he gets back on the plane and they start that music up and the plane just taxis and they get ready to take off and then the family the whole mob kind of changes their switches their attention to their plane as they're leaving and thanks them and saves everything yeah. but it was just to me i don't know what it is i can't even explain it but for years and years that moment has been the whole like that's been a superhero type of move, moment to me where they didn't do it for fanfare. They didn't do it for applause. They didn't do it for the thank you. They did it because that was their job. They did it because that's what you're supposed to do. They got there. Yeah, that's that's their they job. They came in. They accomplished their mission. It was not about the thank yous. It was not about. They had a, a moment of celebration on the plane when they when they rescued the men, and they're all drinking a Budweiser. But in the middle of that whole celebration, Chuck Norris's friend was dying and then dies so you have this moment of levity and the people are singing on the plane and then you have a death and we were just talking about george kennedy the way he plays it was very emotional you felt it um and then playing on what you just said when the plan lanes you know the, the plane lands there they are celebrating these people are being reunited they were stripped from each other husbands and wives fathers sons all this was stripped away and this so there's this huge celebration and and delta force is just packing up the gear getting on a c-130 that's not even 50 yards away and going home that and it's one of those things i understand why they did it but even now the pilot comes out after everyone gets off you know because captain always goes down with the ship so he's the last one to get off he's standing at the top of the steps looking around I almost wish they'd have filmed him like saluting Delta Force, you know, like catching Chuck Norris's or even Lee Marvin's eye, giving them that one small salute. They give it back and then the ramp, lay, you know, goes up and they leave. But, you know, the captain still he's not down there celebrating with the people. He's he's just watching all the events unfold. But it's a, that's a very emotional. Again, not what you expect from a, a canon movie. This is not. What we even come—that's not even what we get later no, from Kate. This is the same company that had John Claude Van Damme dancing like a complete moron, you know. Yeah, but that that scene's hilarious and it's iconic. But, so you know, it's like, you know, but yeah, they went from making something like you know this with a little bit of like actually some story to it and some some heart and everything else to it to heart. Uh, just, heart. Yep. Uh, just dancing and being a total goon i know me dancing here in video is real good on podcast but um they they, they can feel it trust me so they they don't need aspects of this movie uh, i'll get into that a little bit real quick box office numbers uh estimated budget of 12 million opening usa weekend of february 17th 1986 pulled in an estimated 5 million 959 uh 505 so uh of what their budget was, but their gross U.S. Um, their estimated numbers, of course, seventeen million seven sixty eight nine hundred. So uh, made about five million dollars or so, which, in my opinion, with with Canon, was pretty good, probably. That's that's good money with Canon. I mean, it, it gave yeah. them a sequel, so I mean, it had to do uh, good. That's also not counting, you know, VHS sales and things sure. like that, sure. as far as that type goes. Of thing. Um, and of course, 125 minute runtime, uh, and again, 1986 filmed in um, in Israel mostly. So, uh, 
you know, Delta Force, like I said, we chose it because, you know, we've talked about it now. We've talked a little bit about it. We've talked about how our feelings about it. But we chose it because, again, to me, you know, it just like a lot of these movies from the from these this era, are they giant, you know, legendary works of cinema art? No, they're not. But Delta Force is still one of those ones that I can turn on anytime, catch it in any stage of the movie, and I'm happy. I watch it. After I watch it, I feel satisfied. I feel it, 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 it's like eating a good meal. It's like, after you know, you go, you can go eat slop and you go, eh, whatever. You can go eat something that's really good at a fast food place that you know is no good for you, but you feel satisfied afterwards. That's kind of how Delta Force is. Dude, that's how Delta Force is. It's like, you know what? Hey, man, that was really good. I mean, I know it wasn't good for me. I know that steak with all the butter on there and everything and the cheese fries. I know they weren't good for me, but I'm satisfied now after having To me, that's how Delta Force is. Well, we're not, we're not alone in our thoughts on this because leading up to this, we've been playing in this podcast for a while. I actually went on another podcast uh, called Sludgecast. They do primarily monster movies, creature features. We did an action creature feature mix of uh, Deep Rising. Check it out. It's awesome. We had a blast. But they asked me during that, you know, hey, you know, what kind of movies are you going to be talking about? So we we go over, you know, it's 80s, 90s. And uh, Ruben goes, hey, what's the first one you're going to talk about? Can you say it? And I'm like, well, yeah, I can say it. And I was like, we're going to do Delta Force. And, And everyone else lit up like, I love that movie. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to be the first movie you talk about because that's everyone either has seen this movie that, you know, or along our genre of lines that we enjoy. Most people have seen this movie. I haven't found anyone that goes, this is a terrible movie. Don't waste your time watching it because I don't think that person out there exists. And if they are, they're, they're miserable in life and you don't need to be associated with them. It's this movie lit people up. And that's the feeling I have. I watched my my then 13-year-old watch just the climax of the movie. He didn't see the whole thing. He didn't get the whole emotion of it. He watched Chuck Norris riding a motorcycle to grab a rope out of a moving airplane and crawl his butt up that rope. Stunt, man. But Chuck Norris doing this, and he, he couldn't tear his eyes away from the screen. I saw myself. Colonel, it's the major! <laughs> exactly. That our favorite line to one of our favorite scenes, and it's iconic, and it's it it's as iconic as every action movie that has a motorcycle has to have a ramp somewhere in the in the movie. Because we, we didn't talk about that either, but you know, hey, there's motorcycles behind every barrel and every pile of pallets is a ramp. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean- Okay, so let's talk about this movie. One more, one more thing about this movie. There's dune buggies with machine guns and, and rocket launchers. Yes, there are motorcycles with machine guns and rocket launchers. <laughs> yes. So a very uh, mega force type of nod. Which oh, yeah. uh, yes, of course, we're, we're going to do mega force. We will we'll be doing that. We're going to make a big deal out of that. We're going to do mega force, of course. Um. But if you look at the, I'm looking at the, we got, we got some friends of the show, friends of the, the, the Facebook group, hopefully they're friends of the show. If, after they hear this, it may not be, yeah. but, uh, uh, the, our poster guys, uh, poster, is it poster smash? Poster smash. Right? Yep. 
Poster smash. Um, so uh, the reason I bring them up is I'm looking at the movie poster as we speak. That movie poster is super iconic to me. It's got uh, Chuck and Lee Marvin standing there in their black Delta Force BDU garb with their two foot of rope around them. Oh, yeah. Charlie was mentioned. Oh yeah. And uh, it's got his, his Uzi. Lee Marvin's not even looking where he's firing, but he's he, he he's hip firing a bazooka, folks. Come on. He's hip firing a bazooka. So from that, from the 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 the, the armored up uh, uh, vehicles to to me the music, uh, 80s, nothing screams 80s more firearms than an Uzi, a Mac 10 Uzi and the M60. Those yep. two and an M16, I guess. But those those things, you know, unless you were a bad guy, if you were one of the bad, the quote unquote bad guys, you had like an AK-47. Right? Oh yeah, you had to have the, so, the quintessential uh, bad guy gun, which they so, had in this. They had AK-47s in this one. That's what they, the the so, additional terrorists bring on the plane. Is almost everyone was carrying an AK-47. <laughs> yeah. And and again, Lee Marvin. Uh, not a whole lot of the action portions of the movie. Uh, here's one segment when they go to rescue. Uh, they go to rescue some of the hostages. You better hurry, Nick. I think this heavy reinforcement's on. How do you know? Something I heard in the radio. Oh, I didn't know you spoke Arabic. We don't get out of here. We're all going to be speaking it. It's that's that's that quintessential cannon cheese. Got to throw in some levity into this, and it's 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 what I love, man. I just love this. There's nothing in this movie that an adolescent teenage boy was not drawn to. Um, All right. So yeah. Delta force, man. What do you, uh, I mean, here's the problem. We're going to be hard pressed to follow this one up. I think this movie selection, this podcast, we can follow this one up easily. This was hot garbage on a bun, but we can, the the movie wise Delta force, man, to me, I'm sure other people out there have your opinion. And that leads me into this plug. Hey, check out our Facebook group. Let us know, obviously, what you thought about the episode, but let us know what your quintessential 80s action movie, if you were going to do a podcast like this, what would be your first movie? If you were building a a Mount Rushmore of 80s action goodness, the VHS era things, you'd go pick up off the shelf when you were a kid, what would you put on there first? Delta Force for me is definitely going on there. Oh, it's tell it's, me what's going, what going on the wall for me. That, that's 100%. I think we're going to have to, I think later as these shows progress, we're going to have to come up with a rating system um, so that we can we can gauge movies. And I think uh, this may have to be one of those benchmarks that it has to uh, it has to breach is it has I, to. How does okay, this compare? I think, I think I got it. I think I got it. OK, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, like a five uh, top five scale. One okay. being the worst five. Being the top. And, you know, people will be like, oh, uh, two thumbs up, uh, four stars, five stars, whatever. No, we're going to do five Allions. Five Allions. Okay. So the, the, the top, and if you don't know who Allion is, again, you're probably in the wrong spot. But uh, Allion, the henchman the ever. essential VHS era henchman. So uh, Allion, so top five Allions. Bottom, no Allions. There you I don't want to watch a movie, no Allions. So uh, everything has to be at least a half alley on. <laughs> at least short. <laughs> so that's pretty low. <laughs> okay, man. So how many alley ons would you give this? You have to have at least a half an alley on 
That's at the bottom of the scale. Five Atleons is where it's at. What do you rate Delta Force? I mean, this being the very first one, I think I'm going to have to go like four and a half Atleons. It's almost five. There's enough small things in here where I think I could keep it off of five, but it, it has to be. Yeah, yellow, yellow scuba tanks. Yeah, yeah. The scuba tank's <laughs> knocking down half a Leon. Now, I think four and a half Leons. This is highly, highly recommended by me. This one is, if we make a, a must-watch list, this is up there. This has it's to it's be definitely on. on it. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think? How many Leons, Dan? I definitely say four, four and a half Leons for sure. I'm going to go four and a half Leons. I just think, you know, like I said, to me, you talk about what's an action movie from your childhood you love, Delta Force? Yeah. I'd watch it. I'd watch it over Rambo. I'd watch it over Robocop. I'd watch it over most of them, honestly. So to me, I'm going to have to say four and a half Allianz. High, high rewatchability, still a high entertainment value, no matter how many times I watch it. I'm not sitting there going, ah. I literally had it on two days straight in my shop. So it's not like I go, oh, not this movie again. I'm sick of it. No, I can watch it all the time. Yeah. It's pretty fabulous. Yep. So. yep. All right. Well, as we finish up and close up shop this episode, uh, first of all, we want to thank everyone who tuned in and checked it out. All five of you. Of course. Yeah. Thanks, uh, both of our wives. So um, we know it's going to be a work in progress. We definitely know there's going to be some issues. We know there's some technical issues. We know there's some us issues. We're going to work through it. It'll get better. Uh, at At the end of the day, we hope that you look at this podcast like you look at a lot of these movies. Hey, man, it's not going to win any awards, but it was fun. There you go. It was entertaining. (laughs) That's the most we can ask for. Um, We also want to throw some thanks out there. First of all, we want to talk a little bit about a good horse. We talked about Sludgecast. Uh, Our friends at Sludgecast there, uh, you like uh, creature features. You like, especially if you like the king of monsters himself, Godzilla. Check out Sludgecast because that's where they're at. Uh, Check out the Deep Rising episode Charlie was on. Give a little sneak preview of this show. So that was awesome. We'd also like to thank the Ultimate Action Movie Club. Uh, It's ultimateactionmovies.com. Check them out. They do a lot of in-depth talk about all action movies. And our own Charlie has done some writing for them. So check them out. See what you think. And uh, that's a a pretty good pretty good spot to get some information and get some entertainment yeah, from them as well. They got a Facebook group. They do a lot of articles. There's writers actually all over the goal, the globe. Uh, got a friend of mine in Germany. He writes for him. Several guys in America write for him. Uh, articles almost uh, definitely weekly, sometimes three or four times a week, but uh, ultimate action movie club, Facebook, internet, all that good stuff. Yep. Yeah, well-written stuff. Um, also, I'm going to throw out a, a quick thanks to the guys at Poster Poster Smash. They, you can, uh, if you're on our Facebook group, you can see some of their stuff that they uh, they will share to our group sometimes. Some really cool stuff. Uh, look forward to working with those guys in the future. And we want to thank Mountain Empire Comics. So if you're in the, if you know where the tri uh, tri city areas in Virginia, Tennessee area, the comic shops of Mountain Empire Comics. There's one in Bristol, Tennessee. Go see Rob. If you're in Johnson City, Tennessee, go see Diane and her crew. 
they're great comic shops. They're great comic people. Uh, they put on an annual comic con each year in the area that has actually grown exponentially. It's fabulous. Really, really cool guests down there. Of course, with things going on nowadays, don't know when it'll come back, but when they do, we will definitely be there for it. Um, and we will check all of that out as well. But again, Mountain Empire Comics, check them out. They're on Facebook. Yep. Huge, huge and- supporters of the show. Huge supporters of the show. We just want to thank those guys as well. We want to thank all of you for putting up with us for this and being part of the Facebook group. This show, we want this show to be an extension of that group. We want you guys involved with it. So check us out on the Facebook group. Comment about the the show. Tell us topics you'd like for us to cover. Do you have any ideas for anything? Let us know. If you want to advertise on the show or anything like that, shoot us a PM, me or Charlie. If you want to you know, do anything with us, let us know. Yeah. So beyond that, man, I, I, I don't know, man, I got, I'm out. I got nothing else. What do you think? I think we've talked about it. Uh, I think we'll revisit this later being, this is our first episode There's a lot of introduction to who we are and what we're doing. Um, I feel like Delta force has earned an entire show strictly about it. So maybe we'll revisit this on an anniversary Once we episode or something. <laughs> Something like that for sure. When, when we'll we're a little better at this. Exactly. So, all right. Again, everyone, I want to thank you for listening to us. Ah, there we go. There you go. There I'm you Dan. Go. That's Charlie. Thanks, guys. Charlie, anything you want to say? I'll be back. I knew you'd say that. <laughs>